Two Kids and a Career is a production of Jill Divine Media. You have five kids. Can we go through their ages and their names if you haven't forgotten them already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? I do. I, I tend to call them all buddy. Hey, buddy. Come here, buddy. Boys, girls, doesn't matter. I even call the dogs buddy because I have yeah. three dogs as well. Oh, my gosh. Everybody's buddy. Evoke Creative is a proud sponsor of Two Kids and a Career. They help small business owners like me brand with purpose and market with intent. The ladies at Evoke Creative will help make your digital presence known. Learn more at evokecco.com. That's evokecco.com. Hi there, and welcome to Two Kids in a Career. I'm Jill Devine. As an entrepreneur, wife, and mama, the daily grind of trying to build a business while taking care of kids and trying to maintain a healthy connection with my hubby, it's a lot. With this podcast, you're going to hear candid conversations with other moms, parenting experts who can share their knowledge and insight, or you'll just hear me rambling to get it all out. There's going to be tears, there's going to be laughter, but most importantly, there will be support. Take a listen and connect with me so we can grow and learn from one another. This is Two Kids and a Career. This is actually going to be, I believe, a very funny conversation for a very serious topic because that's how my guest rolls. And this is so exciting for the first time ever in Two Kids in a Career. I have two childhood friends, I can say, as guests. So earlier, and it's unfortunate, the first uh, guest that I had on, back to Gina and the discussion with her husband about mental illness and his suicide. And I, I, I think probably, Mackenzie, that maybe that opened the door for you to email and say, hey, because we're all part of this I know you listened to the episode, but this this uh, tight knit group that even though we don't see each other every day and we don't talk every day, hell, not even every month, we still all are there for one another. So let me introduce you to Mackenzie Siders. We went to junior high and high school together, and now we're just trying to be adults, right? Right. <laughs> not successfully. <laughs> so again, when I talked about this with Gina. If you do know Mackenzie and you uh, know us from our school days or you went to school with us, you definitely know that this is going to be a fun conversation uh, because Mackenzie just let me read this. I know you're not doing a lot of blogging right now, but <laughs> Mackenzie at one point was blogging a lot and her bio says Mackenzie is a stay at home mom to five beautiful, hysterical, annoying as uh, sometimes kids insert the F word there. Uh, she worked so super hard in her 20s to earn an MBA only to retire and become her kids bitch. <laughs> now she spends her days dashing into the fray and taking power naps. That's you, Mackenzie. That and I love so that very you're accurate. <laughs> Honest and real. It's amazing. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Um, and I and I am smiling because I know that you are going to take this serious topic we're going to talk about and and make it a little lighthearted and then also be serious. But I, I don't want to step on your toes. I would like for you to just go ahead and talk about what led you to send an email to me and what you want to talk about. Yeah. Um, well, I, I was thinking about um, Autism Awareness Month, which is in April. And I, I thought, you know, maybe I could 
come on your your podcast at that point um, and, and you wanted to do it sooner, which, of course, I will um, talk about autism awareness any chance I can get I I really feel like it's important um, to try to normalize um, how we see our our spectrum kids and you know help people feel comfortable approaching them speaking with them and understanding you know what it is that makes kids on the spectrum different and what what their limitations are, what their gifts are. I constantly run into people who don't don't understand why my child is behaving a certain way. Um, and I always use that as an opportunity to try to teach and and invite them into our world and and kind of show them how I help my kids through these situations. And I've I've really been universally met with sympathy, uh, understanding, or at least attempted understanding, you know, empathy, um, you know, and, and people, I think, really appreciate that instruction, that awareness that, um, you know, hey, this is how we do things. So, I, you know, just as an, just as a quick example, um, you know, when when I'm at the pool with my children over the summer, uh, my youngest son Charlie, you know, he will hit, and and this this summer he really was into touching girls' butts. So I'm like, like underwater with his his little floaty belt on and and then the the girls look around and and I'm like right there I'm like oh nobody and and so you know I will come up behind Charlie and I will kind of pull him back toward me and I will I will apologize I will say you know I'm so sorry my my son has autism he's really just trying to get your attention He's just not sure how to do it the right way, you know, and, and just then, you know, the, the annoyance, the, um, like what the hell just happened to me, it it just kind of melts away, you know? And so then I prompt Charlie to apologize and, um, you know, we have this exchange. So, you know, I, I'm constantly looking for those opportunities to kind of run interference, um, and, and help those folks just feel more comfortable interacting with, you know, our, our special kids. You have five kids. Can we go through their ages and their names if you haven't forgotten them already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I do, I, I tend to call them all buddy. Hey buddy, come here buddy. Boys, girls, doesn't matter. I even call the dogs buddy because I have yeah. three dogs as well. Oh my gosh. Everybody's buddy. Um, so yeah, I have starting from the top. Um, I have Spencer and he is actually, oh my God, he is graduating from college. Oh, in wow. I know. I honestly, I just can't even believe it. It's really weird but awesome to have an adult child, but I still buy all of his like underwear and socks and stuff. So he's not <laughs> quite like off my teat. Oh, can I say that? 
Yes, I'll let that slide. <laughs> okay, so, so I had Spencer before I was married. And then my husband and I got married. And um, he says we opened up a packet of instant family. And we added water because we had four kids in five years and no multiples. <laughs> no multiples. So it was, it, you know, people are like, oh, my gosh, you're so brave. And I'm like, no, this is the stupid thing to do. This is inappropriately spaced children. So we had a daughter, Annalise. We call her Anna. Uh, and then 15 months later, we had another daughter, Maggie. And, then, and so they're 12 and 11 now. And then I got knocked up. On maternity leave <laughs> with Maggie. I'm saying that on a podcast. I really am. I'm doing it. And uh, so then I so so then Hayden was actually born two weeks shy of Maggie turning one. So they are Irish twins. Oh. <laughs> and you know what? I, and I have to tell you. Well, I'll tell you that in a second. But then so then Charlie, um, Charlie Kate was was. Uh, you know, came about three years later and um, it was just utter chaos. I can only imagine. You know, if you go back and you look at the pictures for me in the hospital, I had scheduled C-sections with all of them because they were, you know, mooses, but you know, after Anna, you know, I'm 30 years old. Um, I just had a nine and a half pound baby. So she basically took everything with her and I looked thinner, you know, <laughs> than before I got pregnant and I'm dreamy and I'm in this like lacy nightgown and, you know, I just look so dreamy and so amazing. You fast forward to Hayden. So 27 months later, no, not even. Is that? Yeah. Oh, too, too soon. Yeah. 27 <laughs> months later, two babies later, I looked like I had been road hard and hung up wet. I mean, I had deep purple circles under my eyes. I mean, it, the fetuses took everything. They took everything. I, lo I lost a whole year in there because I had, you know, a toddler, an infant, and I was pregnant. And working and yeah it was so don't do that i mean just a little quick psa you know birth control is your friend i mean i can't even like handle myself at i always think okay at 43 having young kids would be smart because you know i'm mature and uh, right. no i'm just more tired than ever before i don't have any patience none of that matters like no I, and so i have trouble with two i can't imagine five i can't just no, like I can't. <laughs> well, I, you know what? People ask me all the time, you know, how do you do it? Oh, my God. And I'll, I'm going to be really honest. I am heavily medicated. <laughs> heavily medicated. <laughs> when you talk about patience, patience comes in a bottle that says Lexapro on it. <laughs> so you got to get it from your doctor, but just tell them you need some patience and, and you get it from the pharmacy and it will it will do you just right. See, this is exactly what I knew would happen. I'm so glad that we're having this autism conversation in this particular way because we can make it so fun. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's it it is it is fun. Like I will tell you, I do enjoy my children so much more 
because I am medicated, because I'm a type A personality, um, I'm, I'm very driven, I'm very, um, you know, perfectionist kind of, and that does not jive with no. five kids. I mean, literally, like my daughter was putting her head in the toilet. Uh, I had another one putting cans of creamed corn all over the house. You know, <laughs> I've got dog shedding and baby sh- pooping their pants. <laughs> And, you know, and, and I mean, if I wasn't medicated, I would have been, I would have needed a rubber room, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, but, but you know what though? So that, so I have this patience. I would, I will say that, you know, having special needs children, um, especially like my youngest was diagnosed at 15 months, which is very young and it's. Um, it's really, it's really heartbreaking, um, to not be able to see their trajectory. You know, Mm. you, you have your typical children and, and they're developing and, and everything's going okay. And so you just, you know, you, maybe you and your husband or partner fantasize about, you know, what your kids are going to be when they grow up. And when you have a child who has been diagnosed with special needs, that's, that no longer is something that you talk about. You talk about, will this child be with me forever? You know, is, will he be able to be independent? How old is Charlie? Charlie is seven. All right. So when you had emailed me, you said multiple children in your household have special needs. Is that true? I mean, obviously it's true. (laughs) Yeah, tell me. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. (laughs) Um, No, explain that to me. Okay, so I I had Charlie, and really, for all intents and purposes, everything seemed to be going okay. Um, uh, My daughter Maggie was late to talk, so we put her in a preschool, and when she was like two and a half, and she started talking right away. Um, Then so so because Hayden is less than a year behind her he was kind of on that same path he wasn't really talking either so we put Hayden the following year in the same class with the same teacher and he didn't start talking right away um and so the teacher you know said to us you know he's different than Maggie there's there's something going on here um and so we, we weren't sure what it was. Autism was not even on the radar. Um, so, but at that point, Charlie, my pediatrician picked up at our nine month checkup with Charlie that something wasn't right. He was nine months old. He wasn't sitting up. He wasn't, I mean, obviously he wasn't crawling. Um, he wasn't pointing. He wasn't really babbling. Again, i I just figured it was, you know, he's the fifth child and, and I've got all these other kids talking for him and moving mm. him, you know, and um, I I really, you know, wasn't that concerned. Um, and then right before he turned a year old, um, we had first steps come and evaluate him. And again, you know, I'm kind of watching the evaluation and I'm still just like, well, you know, whatever, you know, and I really, it's kind of crazy. I just really was not that worried about it. And I figured, you know, if he was a little behind, so we work with him and we get him caught up, it's not a big deal. But the first steps, um, 
you know, diagnostician, she said that he was socially at a year old, socially around four months old. And Ugh. so that was, that was a hard pill to swallow because I, I really, you know, I just, it surprised me. It really surprised me. So basically, you know, when Charlie was 15 months old, we first steps, we did all this therapy and we were trying to kind of catch him up and it, it wasn't happening. It wasn't working. He wasn't making progress really. And then, so I took him to a developmental pediatrician and, um, and, you know, she, we spent hours there and, you know, she ended up diagnosing him. Honestly, even at that point, I still, I don't know if I was in denial or if I just thought he was too young, but I, I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to take this diagnosis and run with it. I'm going to spend the summer doing as much therapy and as much research as I can, you know, and then I'm going to talk to my pediatrician in September when, when he has his next checkup, his 18 month checkup. And, um, so we, we were, we did all of that. And I will tell you the moment I knew, um, that he was on the spectrum. Um, there was a therapist at my house and he was playing with her. Um, you know, he was finally sitting up at that point and she was trying to get him just to like put a, a big chunky puzzle piece into a wooden puzzle. And he just started rocking and then he started flapping his hands. Mm. And it's one of those moments that I just, I remember so vividly and, and I, <laughs> my heart just sank, you know? And so we had a, an appointment with our doctor a couple, a couple of weeks later and, um, you know, he walked in and he tried to offer Charlie a high five and Charlie flapped, you know, and, and didn't, didn't do the high five. So, you know, these are, these are kind of the things that, that, unfolded at the same time that I was doing all of this with Charlie, my son Hayden was having um, a lot of difficulties in preschool. Um, he was not really talking when he was talking. We couldn't really understand him. Um, and he was having a lot of sensory issues, a lot of sensory seeking behavior. Um, you know, he was standing on his head and like, like watching TV in a headstand, um, just some really kind of strange things that I, at the time did not realize was all a part of that autism diagnosis. And so basically Hayden's trajectory was, or his, his path to diagnosis was drastically different because he looked and acted very much like a typical little boy, except for the the language and the sensory stuff. Um, but he was very affectionate and very lovey and um, uh, very very smart. So uh, we went to Disney. So so Charlie was diagnosed in September, and we went to Disney. We had had it planned already in November, and the two things that happened at Disney that really stuck out was um, Hayden couldn't handle the noise and the lights and everything else. Like when we walked into magic kingdom, he literally stared at the ground the entire yeah. time in his, in his stroller. And then the second thing that happened on that trip was um, he was uh, four 
uh, four and a half, he was doing algebra problems in his head. Oh. Yeah. So, and, and we, my husband was like listening to him because he was kind of talking to himself about it. And, and he was like, so if I, you know what, I don't, I can't even really remember. I just remember thinking that's, that's not normal. And so even today, you know, so you remember Heather Krieger, of course. Yes. She is the, um, math curriculum coordinator, or she was, she has been for a long time. And I, as far as I know, she's still in that position in our district, but she has actually worked with Hayden before she's come into the classroom. And, and, um, she sent me a message once she's like, wow, his, his math skills are really advanced. So, um, you know, for Hayden, his special needs are are very different. He was never very easy to put into that autism bucket. Um, And I had to work and advocate and research and I had to take him for my own testing um, because, you know, the school can only do so much. Right. Um, And then through, through, you know, all of that with my boys, um, I really... It, it really kind of tuned me into all my kids and and what all of their needs are, you know, their special needs are. So Spencer and Anna are, are very typical kids. Um, Anna, I mean, I can see that she has anxiety. We talk about it. I talk her through it. She's able to kind of control it and work through it. She's 12 too. So, you know, show me a 12-year-old girl that doesn't have anxiety. Right. Um, Maggie, though, Maggie's anxiety was really pervasive. It was, um, you know, very limiting. It was encroaching in every part of her life at six years old. And I, at that time, she was also having learning difficulties and, um, you know, just kind of doing, she's the one who was putting her head in the toilet, you know, and (laughs) doing some really kind of weird, impulsive things. So, you know, I, I started trying to figure out what was going on with her. And eventually, you know, we were able to get a diagnosis of depression and anxiety. Um, so she's been on medication and seeing a counselor for a long time. And she also has severe ADHD. She is dyslexic. And this was the one that really kind of surprised me because she's such a weird little kid. And we really just thought she was kind of a space cadet, but she's (laughs) gifted. She's gifted. And, and I actually, when I got those, those IQ results, um, I cried. I cried Mm -hmm. because I thought, oh my God, like she's the, she's like this perfect little storm of, of, hot mess, you know, because gifted kids have so much anxiety. So it's, it's not a, I don't know why they call it gifted because I personally think it comes with a heck of a lot of baggage. Um, so, so, you know, she had to have special testing and I, so at one point I had three kids with IEPs in the school district and was managing all of that. Plus their home therapies, you know what? It made me a better person. It humbled me <laughs> dramatically. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. I And the reason is because, you know, for every, every step of the way, I learned something about the process, about my child, about myself, 
And now I really just want to help other people who are in a similar situation and they just don't even know where to go. I am very fortunate that I have resources available to me, you know, and so I wasn't on my own. I I was able to reach out to people and I was able to to receive help, but not everybody is that fortunate. So if there's a a parent who, you know, is, is suspects that their child has a developmental delay or or an autism, you know, it might be on the spectrum. You know, I want to listen to that person. I want to talk to them and I want to give them a direction to go in. I was not given that. I was given a diagnosis and then I was just turned loose. What I'm going to explain is going to tie into two things that I think are very important in what you can talk to the listener about. So, um, in 2010, when I was in between my radio jobs, I thought I was done with radio and um, I started doing some sub work. And one of the things that I got a lot of sub work for was being a paraprofessional. And the best way to describe that to anyone who doesn't know what a paraprofessional is, is you work with the kids with special needs. What I realized when I started subbing was, and I think that you could probably attest to this, when we, and I'll use high school, because that's where I did um, all my subbing. I did all of it at the high school level. But when we were in school, if you had a special need, and I would say probably at that time, it was more Down syndrome um, Mm -hmm. was probably more apparent that those kiddos were not in the classroom. So we weren't exposed to any of that, right? Would you agree? I agree. Okay. So I feel like definitely generations before us and our generation, when we do see something different and we're not used to it, um, it does cause us to stare. So anyway, when I started subbing, um, I, I, I was so happy to see these kids being in, included. And um, at the time, too, I was coaching cheer. And I remember one of the football games, um, a girl with Down syndrome was the honorary homecoming queen. And I asked one of my cheerleaders, I said, is this a joke? And she was like, what? I said, is this a joke? Because if this is a joke, this is a very cruel joke. She goes, no, we love her. And I said, no, like I was getting very, very defensive. And mm-hmm. she's like, no, n- no, that's not it. And it made me realize like, okay, these kids are seeing kids that are different from them, but it's okay. And they're being accepted. So mm-hmm. I bring that up because one of the first days that I had subbed at a high school I was in a room with kids that I was like, what's wrong with these kids? They look completely (laughs) normal. I mean, like, because again, I didn't know if you were, had special needs, like you can look just like the rest of us. And, and so I was with this one girl and she wouldn't talk. She looked just like any other girl. And uh, she went and talked to me. I just thought that she had behavioral issues. And like, she was like, yeah, screw you. I'm not talking to you. (laughs) The next day I saw her and she decided to talk, but it wasn't audible. I mean, it was more like um, some screeching. And then 
because I had asked, I said, well, what I don't understand. They're like, oh, she, she has a form of autism. And that's when I really learned like, okay, there are so many kids, like you were saying, you know, you have to explain why your kid's acting a certain way. There are so many people who have this going on and they wrestle with it. And and we have to, as a society, learn and we have to know and understand. So I bring that up, which also goes into the whole school thing, what you were talking about. I mean, again, having those kids be included is great, but it also presents challenges to teachers. Again, IEPs, tons of paperwork. I was wanting to go back to school for special to be a special needs teacher and you want to know what made me not go because I was told there's so much paperwork and that is not a reason to not want to help kids and that's the problem so when you emailed me and even talking now about you're just not going to take the diagnosis you're you are going to be an advocate how do we do this how do we make this easier for parents like you and your husband? I think that's that's a great question. I anytime I try to think about how do I how do I affect autism on a bigger level? It's really hard when you're just one person. And I personally think that it starts, you know, at home with me. So, you know, in my house, autism isn't a bad word. Um, uh, ADHD anxiety, depression. These are all things that we talk about as our struggles um, every day. And, you know, we, we celebrate our kids, their, their differences, their triumphs, you know, and we identify their struggles and we, we actively work on them. And so I think when you have that comfort level um, starting at home, I think it will, you will be able to live that every day. And so with every interaction that you have, you have that understanding, you have that comfort and confidence to know how to talk to people about it. Um, because you've thought about it, you know, you've, you've thought about how am I going to, how am I going to teach my child to live with this disability? If I won't even, you know, acknowledge it. So many parents, I have good friends who, they don't even want to acknowledge to their own families that their children are on the spectrum and they all have their own reasons. And I respect them. I do. Um, but at the same time, it, it, I feel like it's keeping that stigma kind of it's fueling it a little bit. Um, I think so. So if you start, if I start with my family and I, I make my children comfortable with, with, their struggles, their disabilities, and and their diagnoses. I I like to explain to other people, you know, don't just wait until you encounter a child with special needs to to teach your children. We have YouTube now. We have all kinds of resources. You can find videos. I mean, Sesame Street, of course, has their um, autistic character. And you can show these videos to your children and start creating awareness and empathy at a really early age. Um, so that would be, you know, kind of my advice on a, on a microscopic level, you know, just to 
acknowledge and see and and understand that when when kids are struggling in the classroom, you know, I mean, Charlie has thrown pencils at other children. I'm, you know, it's as a parent, you know, I'm mortified. I'm I'm terrified he's going to hurt another child, you know. Um and he and he hasn't, but my first thought is I want to reach out to you know, that, that child's parent and say, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, I am sorry. I, 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 I don't want their child to be hurt so that my child can be in the classroom. Right. Um, and so that's why Charlie has full-time, you know, adult support or paraprofessional with him all the time is because, you know, he can, um, slip into some of those behaviors. Hayden doesn't. Hayden and Maggie are both totally independent in the classroom. And actually, neither of them have IEPs anymore. Um, they just have, you know, garden variety <laughs> issues. <laughs> um, you know, like like the typical things that, we're, you know, we're aware of it and we've coped with it and we've remediated a lot of it at this point. They're 10 and 11. This, the school is not there to cure your child. They're there to basically level the playing field. So, um, you know, be reasonable with your requests um, of the school, of the teachers. Um, try to work as a team. Um, be understanding. I mean... I I really try to support my my son's teachers um, because they've got a really hard job. If you want to give money to Autism Speaks, if you if you want to affect change, I like to start in your community where you are, even if it's just I'm going to sit down and watch this video with my kids and we're going to talk about it. I I've been so unbelievably touched by the number of parents who've reached out to me and said, my son is in Charlie's class and he just loves Charlie so much. And, and, you know, we'd love to have a play date. And, you know, I, and, and these, these kids are, they're so in tune with Charlie. They're so understanding, like Charlie doesn't really want to engage with them very much. You know, Charlie wants to do what Charlie wants to do. And, and these, these boys, these, these few boys that, you know, have, have kind of become his buddies, they just kind of follow him around and let him do what he's going to do, you know? And, And that's what I'm talking about when I was doing the Paris stuff, like the, how these kids are included now and accepted by their peers and that their peers want them to help. I mean, it's, it it just warms your heart. It really does. And, you know, so, so on, on the flip side of that, you know, Charlie, uh, you know, if, if you egg him on or if you suggest it, he'll say, you know, inappropriate things. And so there was an incident at lunch once that I, I heard about through his para, um, you know, where some some boys in his class were were kind of encouraging him to say some inappropriate things and they were all <sighs> laughing. Right. And and it was kind of described to me as as bullying. And and I my immediate thought was just, you know, they're they're six and seven years old. I mean, certainly they're capable of bullying, but is that really what's going on here? Or is it really just, they don't understand. And so, you know, that's a teachable moment. You pull those boys in and you you tell them, you know, Charlie doesn't know better. Charlie, yeah. you know, he doesn't know better. You're going to get him in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I will tell you, um, we have an amazing principal at our school 
and I, I just love him. He's so good. And, and I know we talked to those kids and they were all upset and crying. And, you know, I, I really do think some change was made there that day. You know, what do you say to me or another parent that doesn't have a child with autism or has any of those special needs right now? I mean, is there anything that you could say to us to help? I mean, I know you you talk about it in your home. I mean, we can talk about it in our home, but I, I mean, anything, any advice, anything that we should know? That may be the one, the one question I, I really don't have an answer for because I feel like it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's really hard to describe. Um, it's, it's literally a, a, an emotional roller coaster all day, every day. So it, it goes from, you know, this child has crawled into bed and is spooning me in the morning and I am so full of joy and love, I might explode. And yeah. then two hours later, he has pooped his pants and has dropped turdlets throughout the house. And I want to cry and eat butter straight from the package. You know? <laughs> and then we get down, we get him all cleaned up and everything's better. And we're trying to do schoolwork and he cannot focus. And he's scripting he's he's literally saying every word from the last movie he just watched he's saying all the parts all the voices all the sounds and you can't you can't do anything until he gets all the way through it because it's it's a circle it's a it's a cycle in his head you know and then we we finally we get all the way through that and we're having afternoon snack and uh you know we're back to he's he's sharing uh his snack with me and we're giggling and we're watching funny videos you know what i'm saying like it, it's it's literally up and down all all day long and i i would say that um, it's very, it's very similar <laughs> to regular parenthood. I know you don't have to be autistic to poop your pants. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, you know, autism doesn't have the corner on that market, but, you know, we, we feel these things, they're, they're really intense throughout the day. You know, you feel joy, you feel hope, then you feel desperation and angst. And, you know, then you're like mad as hell. And, you know, and then you're back to, you know, it's bedtime, he's sleeping. Oh my God, nothing has ever been so angelic in all the history of the world, you know, and then they wake up the next day having peed their bed and, <laughs> Uh, you know, you know, what I mean? and here we go again. And here we go, and here we go, and here we go. Which is, you know, enter in the medicine for me. I am literally like wading through a river of urine every day. Somebody pees right. the bed in my house every night. And right. If if I wasn't medicated, I, I seriously I would have pulled my hair out by now. But like, you know, I I I walk into somebody's room and I'm like, oh, somebody peed in here, you know. <laughs> we just, we strip the bed, we get, you know, they get in the shower and we move on. Well, I want to wrap up with saying that I will have at jilldevine.com, the show notes will include some of the resources that you'll have, but also a link to this blog that you wrote called My First Day as a Mother to an Autistic Child. And when I read it, I know I was impacted, so I can only imagine how impactful it will be to someone who does have an autistic child or they're getting 
ready to maybe go in and get that evaluation or diagnosis. But I liked how you said, celebrate every success, no matter how small or insignificant. If you spend your time worrying about what your child isn't doing, rather than the wonderful progress he has made, autism will swallow you whole. And I just, everybody actually should read this so that we have a little bit more insight as to what happens in a household like yours. That was uh, one of the only serious blog posts I think I ever wrote. <laughs> the, the other ones are like C-section farts and um, uh, <laughs> I tell my kids to shut the F up. I read that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Uh, um, C-section farts. Well, oh, and my fat ass was another one. Um, so yeah, this that one... <laughs> the, the autism post was just, that was so cathartic for me. Um, all the things that I went through, I wrote that about a year after Charlie was diagnosed and I just, I wanted other people to know, you know, this is, this is how it's going to go, but it's going to be okay. It's, yeah. it's going to be okay. You just keep one foot in front of the other. Relief will come in time. The, the relief from the constant chatter in your head. Well, at the beginning of this episode, you did say that Autism Awareness Month is in April. So I'd like to invite you back for that um, so we can talk about it a little bit more, see some of the progress that's been made in, you know, I, I say just a few short months because it's really not that far away. I mean, I'm like, what, what it's November. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, I will uh, have you back in April. And I just want to thank you for sharing this, but also just being real and you're just connecting with so many people with just the way that, you know, you get, you're handling it. I mean, (laughs) at least I, I think so. (laughs) You gotta laugh. You gotta keep it real. Um, you got to wash your hands often. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That pee will get you. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. And and I would love to come back in April. And um, I uh, have a lot of resources to share with you. And you can find all of those resources at JillDevine.com. And I'm going to get to that Supermom shout out in just a minute. But first, speaking of JillDevine.com, I want to brag on Evoke Creative. The ladies behind Evoke, they are the ones that developed my beautiful website. They took the different ideas I had and the vision and they made it come to life. So I am able to provide a way for you to get resources like McKinsey suggested in this episode and so much more. And I've had a lot of people come to me and tell me how much they love my website. And some of those people have contacted Evoke to help develop their website. So if you're looking for a great partnership with two incredibly talented women, you need to contact Evoke Creative. EvokeCCO.com. That's the best way to reach them to learn more. Evoke cco.com. All right, now it's time for this week's Supermom shout out. And I am nominating this week's Supermom. From O'Fallon, Missouri, you just heard Mackenzie Siders talking about the dynamics of her family. At one point, three of her five children had IEPs. And for kids to receive special education services, they need an IEP, which stands for Individualized Education Program. So the IEP, it's more than just a piece of paper. It lays out the program of special education instruction, the support, and the services that a child needs to thrive in school. 
Well, McKinsey does all she can to support the IEPs and works with the schools to make sure she's doing what she can at home to help her special needs kiddos, especially Charlie. So Charlie is seven and he's autistic. And McKinsey, she advocates for Charlie and all individuals with autism. She wants their voices to be heard. She's doing all she can to make that happen. In addition to educating others like myself and you who may not be familiar with autism. We can all agree that being a parent is hard work, but McKinsey faces more hurdles than most parents. I can't imagine how exhausting her days are, and I am inspired by McKinsey's strength and her determination to do more. McKinsey, I see you and I support you. If you would like to nominate a super mom, it's super easy. All you have to do is email me, hello at jilldevine.com. Tell me the super mom's name, where she's from, and why you're nominating her. And that is all I need. And I would like to thank you for supporting two kids in a career. Hitting play, that's support right there. So thank you. And if you feel like doing more, feel free to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Jill Devine. Thank you again and for your support of two kids and a career.